welcome into this week's Dublin to Denver podcast on the Mile High Report podcast network. For those of you who celebrated Christmas, hope you enjoyed the festive period. Uh, of course, you will have had to do that without any help from the Denver Broncos. I'm Colum Cronin and I am delighted to be joined as always by friend, colleague, co-host Stuart Disillusioned Roach. Stuart, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing tremendously well. Fabulous Christmas. Um, if I were able to just remove the Broncos from my memory or, or from my life, then it would be a fabulous, perfect time of year. Unfortunately, we can't as anybody who's a long-term fan of a team that has ups and downs. <laughs> knows. Um, I can't do that. You know, you're stuck with them. You're, you're with them through thick and thin. And unfortunately, Colin, it looks like it's going to be thin again. Um, yeah, that was, you know, I, there's certain games, Colin, that you just have to get over the line no matter how you do it. Doesn't matter if you play well, doesn't matter if you play badly. Like, a, for example, the Bills through the day, Colin, they've been looking like a, a freight train, just absolutely steamrolling teams. And they didn't play well on the night and they, they squeaked a win. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that they, you know, followed up the dismantling of Cowboys with a performance that just, you know, wasn't really particularly impressive. They got the win. I think given the way results have been sort of played out over the last, you know, particularly after we laid an egg against the Lions on primetime call, we, we, you know, we saw all the teams that we needed to lose win the following day. Um, we were kicking off last on uh, on Sunday for us, and we knew exactly what we needed to do, and we knew exactly what we needed to do against one of the worst teams in the NFL by some distance. Like, until the last few weeks, Paul, the Patriots had been picking either first or second in the draft, um, and we somehow contrived to lose at home to a team led by Bailey Zappi, uh, who is nobody's idea of John Montana. Um, so it, 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 that's really got to be up there, Colin, with one of the most disappointing losses we've had as a franchise, certainly since Super Bowl 50. Um, and it kind of put me in mind of a, of a game you, you probably will remember, Colin, unfortunately it was overshadowed by the tragic events uh, with Graham Williams uh, immediately afterwards, but it reminded me of that game against the 49ers, um, when we had to beat a buying average 49ers team at home, we somehow managed to lose our playoff hopes went up in smoke. And mathematically, Colin, we're still in with a shout, but, you know, mathematically in the sense, I think we've got like a 4% chance of making playoffs now. And you'd have to say, Colin, I know like a game isn't, or a season is not distilled into one game, but I'm afraid you're at the point where you're kind of going, if you cannot beat a Bailey-led, Bailey-Zappi-led Patriots team um, knowing exactly what was at stake, um, then do you really deserve to be in the playoffs? And unfortunately, I think the answer for the Broncos right now is no, we don't. Uh, we gave it a good shot. We gave it some hope, but ultimately we fell short. And, um, you know, we're, we find ourselves at yet another crossroads. It's not as bleak as it was this time last year, Colin, because there has been signs and the team has shown life and the team has at least given us some some interesting games this year, you know, in comparison to the train wreck of last season. Um, but, you know... We, we still have so many questions to be answered, Colin, and I know we've kind of been almost sort of touching on it so far the last few weeks. We all know what the the, the, uh, the off-season headlines for the Broncos. We we know what's pretty much going to fill most of February uh, for our weekly chat. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's just difficult to really know 
how we're going to um, progress from here on in. I think, you know, the last few weeks of the season, you know, I think it's important that we try and get a winning record for the first time in, in, in forever, it seems. And more on that later. But, you know, the Raiders, which was a game that we, I, I'm not going to have hands up, Colin. I, I didn't really give this game much of a second thought. I thought this was going to be routine. Um, and unfortunately, it kind of looked like a lot of the players did too. So, um, you know, I, I, I had the Raiders down as the, the really tricky game. Um, the Raiders who beat the Chiefs at the night so there was some solace in that I suppose uh, but yeah like you know 8 and 9 9 and 8 you know it's probably the difference between drafting 12th and drafting 15th uh, it's disappointing Colin because I think in some ways it felt like we'd done all the hard work like beating the likes of the Bills beating the Chiefs and then to just sort of fail so miserably at home against the Patriots just really leaves a sort of sour taste in the mouth yeah, I think a couple of things I suppose that, that jump out to me there, Stuart. Um the I, I think there was a complacency. I really think they you could see that in the the comments um leading up to the game, I felt and the the expectation that no matter who the Patriots trotted out, uh, I know when uh, Hunter Henry was uh, ruled out, uh, I saw comments around people pointing out that they had Mike Zicky. And this was uh, utterly dismissed. Stuart, you and I have been watching the Broncos long enough to know um, that anybody, anybody who plays at a, as a tight end uh, is a problem for the Denver Broncos. And it is something uh, that is not just this iteration, the last iteration. This is a decades long um, problem. You mentioned the game that it reminded you of. To me, Stuart, it reminded me of the the game against the Giants in 2017, uh, where we came into that reasonably hot. Um, uh, uh, we were three and one. Um, we'd lost the Bills, but we just beaten the Raiders, and we were facing a Giants team who were in uh, a really bad run of form. I think they had lost their first five games of the season. And Eli Manning uh, rocked into Denver uh, and they beat us 23-10. And that kind of began a a really poor spiral uh, where we didn't win again. We only won two more games in that 2017 uh, season. The the piece, I suppose, Stuart, and this is a a bigger piece, but you mentioned the the Raiders beating the, the Chiefs. It's so frustrating to me that in a season where the Chiefs have looked really terrible um, at, at, at times and the they've really come back to the pack. Mahomes hasn't looked like, you know, um, Mahomes ha- has looked in previous years. The, they're, he's, he's angry all the time. Their offense isn't scoring points. And they... Nobody, nobody in the ASUS, but obviously, particularly given it is the the, the the we are the Denver Broncos fans that the Broncos haven't been able to, to take advantage of it because it's not like the Broncos would have had to be fantastic to take advantage of um, the Chiefs being so poor. Uh, it is the the stupid games that we have lost. It is the game against the the Patriots. It's the game against the Commanders. It's the game against the Jets. You, you, if we had won those three games, you know, we we would be top of the division right now. But it, it's not just as simple as losing goals. We've lost those games for a reason. And 
this team is it's really tough to to watch it you know the they'll make some explosive plays but they'll come out of nowhere um it's tough to know what the identity really is of this team we don't run the ball particularly well we'll occasionally have um you know splash plays and it it almost feels like we're kind of going back into um, the Civil War era that we we saw with the Drew Locke, uh, Teddy Bridgewater stuff. But this time, the sides or camps appear to be Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. Uh, certainly on social media over the, the last week, um, people have been marking their, their territory. Uh, but in, I suppose, uh, <laughs> in just a couple of weeks ago, there was a, a famous meme. Uh, you know where a guy was said, "No, you can you can have both." I think there is probably an, enough blame to go around on both. I, I don't think either have covered themselves in glory, but I, I will point to the fact that you know for for Russ, if the and and this looks extremely likely at this point, if the Broncos miss the playoffs, this will be the third year in a row that Russ will have missed the playoffs with three different head coaches. So at some point, Russ has got to, to take that because Broncos currently sit at seven and eight. Um, in the AFC North, the Steelers and the Bengals both sit at eight and seven. So they're above us. Um, there are three teams in the AFC South who have eight wins. And one of those will obviously win the, the division. But it, it means, you know, again, that you've another two teams in the wildcard race who who are uh, ahead of you. And you also have in the AFC East, the Bills sitting at nine and six. The Dolphins look at this point, like unless I suppose, the, to, you know, maybe if the Dolphins were to, to lose uh, to the Ravens and the Bills were to beat them. But essentially, you know, one of those teams looks like they're definitely getting into the wildcard. So realistically, it's over. So this will be the third season. And, I suppose when I look at it, Stuart, I see the Broncos made this enormous trade, gave up this enormous contract, then went out and got, uh, you know, uh, what we were told, the Hall of, Hall of Fame future, Hall of Fame coach. And this is a Broncos team that has scored 327 points. It's a Broncos team that, that has, you know, been... Um, unexciting to watch that has been outscored by the Colts and the the, the Texans um, who you know the Texans have had Gardner Minshew uh, has their QB for most of the season the um, the Texans have had a rookie in, in CJ Stroud um, and I, I just where where is this going what is this team's identity where I, I would love like don't get me wrong if we were to somehow make it to the playoffs, that'd be great. I just don't believe that's going to happen this season. But looking ahead to next season, where do, where where is it going? Like you know what the Dolphins are about, you know what the Bills are about, you know what the the Ra- the Ravens are about, um, and at this point, you've got you know what the Texans and likely the the Colts are about as well. Uh, the the Browns have got uh, huge issues, but the one thing I would point out to in relation to the Browns is, in Kevin Stefanski, they have a coach who is destroying many of the myths 
that have been, you know, used as excuses for the Denver Broncos over recent seasons. Uh, we were told that a head coach, you know, rookie head coach couldn't make the playoffs. Kevin Stefanski broke that. Then there, over the last few years, my goodness, have injuries been used as an excuse? Well, the Browns have um, as extensive an injury list as you could hope to see. They have one of their starting offensive line uh, guys in there. They have Joe Flacco at QB. We saw, Stuart, we saw what Joe Flacco looked like in Denver. They are sitting at 10 and 5 in what is widely considered to be one of the toughest divisions in football, the, the AFC North. And they they look like they are playoff bound as, as well, you would have to say, at this point, despite all of the injuries. Can you imagine if the Broncos were down to their fourth choice QB, the excuses that would be trotted out for, for this team? Where, where were you in the the grand scheme of things about where where the Broncos and you said it, it it didn't seem as bleak as last year but what are what is giving you hope I suppose well it's not as bleak as last year Colin may not necessarily giving me huge amounts of hope I mean I, I think I think you hit the nail on the head and I think we did discuss this last week you know we're having it we were heading into the final three weeks of the season when we last recorded the podcast and we still really didn't know what it is we were trying to do on offense when we talk to the field each week. Um, it, it, it seems to be sort of uh, roulette as to as to what's going to happen with the Broncos. And, and there's a really worrying trend, Colin, and, and it's unsustainable. And I think we've seen evidence of that in the last few weeks in the same way that I think the uh, defense had a historic run of takeaways, which was unsustainable. The Broncos offense seems to be to stink the joint out for three quarters and then when they find themselves sufficiently behind to let Russell start to play sort of sandlot football run around throw the ball deep perform miracles and that's great when it comes off Colin but that's not that's not a that's not a pathway to success in the NFL and um, Russell Wilson's pocket awareness is is horrible and um, you know, that shouldn't be a massive surprise to people because that's kind of the way Russell has always been. I think what you're looking at now, Colin, and I guess, you know, as I said, it is going to be something that dominates the offseason for us. Um, the Penner group picked Sean Payton to be the head coach. Um, they gave up a draft pick, which is very unusual. And they gave up a premium draft pick, which he's only managed just to get back from the Dolphins with Brian Chull, um, to get Sean Payton. Sean Payton did not pick Russell Wilson. Um, and I know Sean Payton's NFL career column is, is intrinsically linked with Drew Brees, but he did go out and get Drew Brees. Um, so you can just look at, when you think of, of Drew Brees and you think of Russell Wilson, they're almost um, poles apart in regards to the type of quarterbacks they are, Colin. So if, if the history books suggest that that's the kind of quarterback that Sean Payton wants to work with and had huge success with Colin. I, you know, I think we spoke about it last couple of years. Like the Saints felt felt like they were left. They left a Super Bowl behind them. I think they suffered some catastrophic bad luck in the playoffs. That dreadful non-call, which they, you know, they should have gone to the Super Bowl that year against the Rams. I think it was. Um, but you know, Sean Payton is is an extremely successful head coach. And has been in, in the Saints. And and this, you, you kind of get the feeling that this is not the kind of offense and it's not the kind of quarterback that he wants and I think it does come back to it time and time again if 
Russell Wilson did not have that contract. And if Russell Wilson did not have that clause, the contract was for next year was guaranteed by, I think, the 5th of March, as we said. I don't think there would be much of a debate, Connell. I think we would move him on. I think we would. Um, and I don't think there could be that much hand-wringing over it because I think he's been better this year, clearly, but that's because I think a lot of it, the bar was incredibly low. And I think one of the other arguments, Colm, is if Russell Wilson and the offense hadn't struggled so badly for the first three quarters, then we wouldn't need Superman to arrive to the rescue in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, and I, and I just think that I... I I don't know if it's going to be an incredibly difficult decision, Colin, and in some ways it's going to be a brave decision either way. But I think if you know if you're forcing me to put to 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 to, to put my you know name my colors to the mast, I think the Broncos will move on from Russell Wilson and the offseason. They might be in a better position to get some kind of a trade partner for him because he has played better. There was no hope of that happening after last season where he, he struggled terribly they might be a situation where somebody might pick up uh might pick him up on trade i don't know that could be wishful thinking on my behalf but i i think calm you know and and some noise in in the last few days which i i don't know i mean it's interesting to me the bears now look like they're no longer tied to justin fields because they are going to find themselves probably picking one or two they might want to just completely rip it up and go for caleb williams or they might want to rip it up and go for drake may and um, one the the only tiny uh crumb of comfort from losing to the patriots and i mean this is tiny was the fact that they have taken themselves away from drake may and they've taken themselves away from caleb williams at the moment um so i don't know if the bears move on you could have a situation where you could pick up a player like Justin Fields, who has played quite well in an ordinary Bears team this year, um, and you probably wouldn't need to give up an awful lot for him. Um, I don't know. That might be an option if you don't want to go down the rookie uh, QB route, which could take, you know, two, three years of a rebuild. But this is impossibly difficult, Colin. This is, you know, there are no there are no straight, easy answers here for, you know, you go on to Twitter or you, you go on to Facebook or whatever, um, and you know, both sides are, are are putting forth their argument, and there's there's strong cases for both of them. But I think a lot of that column has to do with you can pick stats to skew whatever way you want. You can pick, cherry pick stats. You're going to make Russell Wilson look like one of the top five QBs in the NFL this year. But then just as quickly, somebody can counter with stats that's going to make him look like one of the bottom half uh, QBs in the league this year. A lot of it, I think, you need to look at and go, you know what, I can see, like, you know, like Lamar Jackson the other night called against the Niners, statistically had a pretty good game. Nothing, you know, not, not Star Wars stuff. You're looking at that game, you're going, he's the best player on the pitch. Um, and he's the best player on, on the field, uh, on a field which contains, you know, multiple pro bowlers, all pros. You know, there's, there's probably four or five of those guys going to the Hall of Fame, and that might even be conservative. Um you're looking at Russell Wilson and you, and and if you're trying to be unbiased, you're kind of going, to me, I don't think, it, it hasn't worked, Colin. It hasn't worked. They made a swing for it. At the time, I think we all felt it was the right thing to do. I think we, we'd all kind of, the, the off-season leading up to the Russell Wilson trade, the noise was all about Aaron Rodgers. That didn't happen. And I think we, you know, I, I felt, I think you felt at the time, Michael, when he was still on the show, we, we were all happy enough with the trade because we felt 
that they had to do something. They were in QB purgatory. But then the the problem column was it was not necessarily the trade. They gave up quite a lot. But as you know, as you've mentioned time and time again, because it is worth reminding people time and time again, it was the awful, awful franchise altering contract that they gave to Russell Wilson before he had taken a snap for the franchise. That was the 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 sliding doors moment for the Broncos. Um and I think it's the one that's that 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 we will see how they get out of this. Um and I, I I'm not sure, Colin, what's gonna happen. I mean it's you know, we don't have playoff football or almost certainly don't, but we certainly have some interesting storylines heading into the offseason. But Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, it, it's not a happy marriage comment. It, you'd have to ask yourself the question, if if the Panther group came to Sean Payton and said, we want to trade for a QB, and if Wilson was still at the Seahawks, do you think that Russell Wilson would be on the list of QBs that Sean Payton would have said, yeah, yeah, sell the farm for him? I don't think so. Not, not for me, no, not at all. No, I, I don't think he is Sean Payton's... Um type of QB I think that that is it uh, I also, I like Russ isn't terrible um but the the issue is again it, it's what you're paying Russ to be and it's the type of QB that he is and it's married with um you know your your head coach and that 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 is a problem when you're the head coach's entire philosophy about how to go about playing the game uh, differs from the ability uh, talent and abilities and the way in which his QB plays the game like let's be realistic like um you know the the whole thing with Drew Brees amongst that was the the quick game and and, and over the middle right there's a there's a reason Michael Thomas got known as slant boy um and, and but it was incredibly effective and they allowed them to to move the ball and and, and Russ doesn't do that and I suppose, yeah. Depending, you can you can can cherry pick stats as you say, but you have to use the eye test as well. But like you know, when you, when you move away from just one set of stats, when you look at things, say like you know, kind of QBR, you know, that puts Russ down in in twenty first, and the other metrics kind of have Russ in and around sixteenth. Um, and I, I don't I don't think you can make an argument that Russ is a top ten QB. I, just, I don't I don't believe that I think there are possibly people out there who, who would t- tell you but you know for for the sake of the, this would you Stuart take Russell Wilson ahead of Tua absolutely no chance okay would you take him ahead uh <laughs> ahead of Josh ahead of Josh Allen I mean I, I'm not even gonna I'm not I'm gonna I'm not even Right. Okay. So and now, we, thanks, thanks, John Elway. Just, just one last time. Thanks, thanks, John. I mean, you're the reason I'm a Broncos fan. But let me, please, it's too. It's still too. Still, it's still too sore. It's still too painful. Um, I think given the situation that the Jets and the Patriots probably find themselves in, realistically, as as a QB, everything else removed, you you take them ahead of where they are right now. Right, the Aaron Rodgers thing. You know he he's currently out. You you would you take us? You're not gonna you're not gonna take him ahead of Holmes, okay? You you um would you take him ahead of Justin Herbert? Definitely not. 
Okay. You would take them ahead of where the the Raiders are because this they beat the Chiefs, but like let's be honest, <laughs> their QB, you know, was a deep was a decoy. Complete pass after the first quarter. I mean, that was, you know, and he's not even a running quarterback. That was it, it, sorry. So yes, obviously the yeah. Raiders have a worse situation than we do. You're not taking ahead of Lamar Jackson. You're. No, I'm not. Lamar Jackson, who was on the market last year. No, I'm not. Yeah, well, the, yeah, yeah, that's well, a whole... He was like, kind of on the market, but he wasn't. He kind of... Now, again, to me, I, I, no team, I suppose, this is where you you have to look at ownership and the way ownership behaves. And I think, Stuart, ultimately what it came down to is nobody out there was willing to... After the Browns traded for Deshaun Watson, nobody else was willing to risk the wrath of the other owners by offering Lamar a guaranteed co- uh, contract. They absolutely should have done that. They didn't do that. And any, and anyway, but you're not going to take him. You're not going to take him ahead of Joe Burrow. Now, I, you, you absolutely would take him ahead of anybody. The Steelers have trotted out. Um, mm. Would you take him ahead? And I think, I think given everything, you probably would take him ahead of Deshaun Watson, given what we've seen in the disastrous contract that he's on. Because they can yeah. move off of that. I, um, I would do. Although one thing I would say, you know, we're not even going to get into the, the, the you know, the, the the character issues here. The one thing I would say about Watson is he's still got age on his side, whereas Russell is kind of running out of. of the... Yeah, there, there, there is that aspect to it. But I, I will say that I just think Deshaun Watson has been uh, a disaster in terms of his ability, but and. and the fact that again he's missing time, like it is going to be, what is it three, four years we're approaching now that since he had a, a full season, yeah. um, and uh, you know I I I, d- I don't think at this point given uh, given we're talking about age, I I think you'd find it very difficult to take Russ ahead of CJ Stroud, right? I you know I, that would be my argument given the contract that Stroud is on, now, um. It, it probably you, you would take him ahead of, of Will Levis, and that leaves the Colts. Well, we don't know what they have in Richardson. Simple as that, um, and that leaves Trevor Lawrence, who I think is in an, an interesting situation, and and JP Acosta, who I really like and definitely would encourage people if you're not following him, um, said like that Lawrence has been left down by the um, the Jaguars organization, and he could he could see a future where Trevor Lawrence ends up as the Broncos uh, QB, to which I, I would say, uh, yes, I, I, I would take that. Tre- Trevor Lawrence is not Peyton Manning, and he got overhyped on the basis of what was an absolutely sensational rookie year in, in college. Um, but I do believe he has been left down um, by the, the Jaguars, who um, basically kind of decided to tread water uh, this year rather than putting pieces around them and you, you've seen the QBs now I'm not even going to go into the NFC shirt but I ju- just thought given our d- discussion it kind of tells you where you're at but the issue where, is where, where does that put them Colin? around ninth of the AFC give or take uh, so we, we said the Dolphins uh, and the, the Bills are ahead of him the Chiefs and the Chargers are ahead of him uh, the Ravens and the, the Bengals are uh, ahead of him um, and the the Texans and th- then then I think it's probably a coin toss um, between you know him him and Trevor Lawrence. But yeah, you're oh, talking. I'm, take, if... I'm taking Trevor Lawrence all day long. All okay, well, let, let's let 
that so yes you are talking essentially he he is nine ninth or tenth then in a 16 team afc um but he's not being next, paid next, but next year he's going to be paid as what top three in the afc um in terms of um Q, qb contracts and, and what um what what it works out as um r- roughly in in and around i think Stuart, where where you're looking as you, you will have burrow ahead of him you'll have herbert ahead of him you'll have lamar ahead of him and then russell wilson um as it stands so yeah you're talking about him being the in the afc you're talking about him being the fourth best um or fourth highest paid uh, and that's a problem that's that's where the issue comes in. But I, I again, I, I, it is who and, and what is um, is Sean Payton prepared? Is he is he prepared to just run it with Stidham for a year in the hope of finding somebody else? I don't know. I, I think there are. This is it's a giant question. It doesn't seem to be being discussed all that frequently. I guess up to now the playoff run was there, but um, with. with realistically with the playoffs uh, out of the way um the I, I the broncos have a huge decision to make they're going to have to figure it out and they're then going to this is where Sean Payton is going to earn have to earn his money um because um you know they're, they're whatever way it goes you can't go into the 2024 season playing the type of football that we that we're playing now, I mean, this is absolutely live, you know, by fly by the seat of your pants type, type stuff. Um, I suppose just to, to round up then, uh, you know, because this is just, uh, it has come, but the, the reality is this is where we are. We have, you know, the, yeah, we have to have the, the discussion on, on this, but in terms of the game against the Chargers, you know, is there, there anything you, you want to add? It's, it's a, it's a very odd one because, Ultimately, they're without a head coach. Their their QB is on um, injured reserve, and this is a team that I believe will look completely different next year. I think the issues with the Chargers ha- are decades long. I think it, it goes back to the Spanos ownership and their unwillingness to um, spend money. And I think if you have heard Randy Mueller who's on the Athletic, he's a former GM in the league, spent time with the, the Saints, with the Seahawks, and with the Chargers. He did a really interesting piece on the on the Football GM podcast on the Athletic a few weeks ago. He talked about, he spent a decade as the scout, as the national scout, the head scout in the Chargers organization. And he said that he there was no accountability and nobody held anyone to the highest standards. He said it was different to any other organization he'd been at. Um, and, and I think that is telling when you have somebody like that. I, I, ju- I just think they'll have to make such adjustments next year. They're going to have to cut players to get under the, the cap. And I think they'll probably be glad to cut some of those players because it just hasn't worked out for them. What are you looking for from the last? I mean, I, I would like to see us win out. I, I would like, I, I forget, because at this point, I don't think the draft, I think the draft position matters when you're talking about, you know, one, two, three, four. I think after that, much less so. And I think trying to change the culture of an organization to one whereby, you know, we, I don't want us to have another losing season. 
I think that's a, a an issue. So I would love to see us win out. But what is it that you're looking for from the last couple of games? Well, I think, Colm, I, I agree wholeheartedly with you. I think if, if, if no matter how slim the chance is, if you mathematically are still in it, which the Broncos still are in it, then you are are compelled to go for it. So there's no talk of, of you know, Stidham coming in. There's no talk of, of, of you know, resting key players. Um, I think you have to go for it. And I think that, you know, look, the Chargers were, that was probably the most comfortable win we've had on the docket so far this season. Um in Los Angeles, uh, they're 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 already on the beach, as as we say over here, um, and I think you know I'd expect us to win this one easily. I said that probably about the Patriots, but the Patriots do still have Bill Belichick, um, and they still do have an an extremely um, competent and aggressive defense. So uh, you know this is not the, the the Belichick's Patriots, no matter what version of it is. Um, I'd expect us to win this game, um, and I'd expect us to win it fairly comfortably. And I'd like to see, um, I'd like to see Javante maybe break a hundred yards. I'd like to see, you know, I know we we've missed Nick Benito, call maybe a little bit more than I thought we were going to miss him. I think Jonathan Cooper's done well in his absence. I think, you know, the 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 pass rush has been something of an issue this year. You you could argue, Colin, that you know the draft is is something that we will obviously cover closer to the event, but um. You know, an elite pass rusher from the first round of the draft might be something that we will look closely at if we're not in, you know, striking range of one of those top QBs if we decide to move away from from Russell. Um, I, I agree with you. I think there's not a huge... Like, I, I just... I think we're going to beat the Chargers Conway. They're that bad and they're just disinterested. Um, there's not a huge difference when it comes to draft position from 8 and 9 and 9 and 8. But I think... From a psychological point of view, the Broncos have had so many losing seasons now. Um, I think it's very important that we do address that. I think we need to reverse that trend. And I think, you know, for, for a franchise, you know, I, I think we need to, I think we need to get to nine and eight. And I think it's good for me that the last game of the season column is uh, the Raiders in Vegas, because I think that will give us all the incentive that we need, even if the playoffs are a very, 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 very distant chance. And um, we need to go in there. We need to beat them because, you know, we we don't have a particularly good record in their place, um, and we we need to we need to fix that. Um, so I would like to see. Um, I'd like to see. You know, I, I, what I did like about the other night column was I thought Payton, um, Sean Payton, that was. Um, I thought he did utilize Mims. I thought he got him involved. It would have been very easy to sort of go away from him after that catastrophic fumble, a uh, double fumble as it was. Um, but I think he, he you know he was used. Um, I like Krull. He's obviously got a touchdown, and I think he's flashed in the last few weeks. Um, you know, so players like that, you know, to see what they what they're what they're really made of. Johnson, um, after Carlton Sutton went down, he was involved. We might get P Ryan. I'd like to see the um, screen pass banished into the sixth circle of hell from whence it came when it comes to the Broncos. As I think Sean Payton may be um, discovering at this point in time that a screen pass from Drew Brees to Alvin Kamara in the Superdome in Louisiana is a different proposition to a screen pass to P. Ryan or Javante Williams in Denver. They are, um, in theory, the same play, but they are very, very different in execution, so I do not want to see any more goddamn screenplays. Um, I would like to see... Um, I'd like to see Pat Sertan bounce back home. That must have hurt him, you know, and I think he did really well against Keenan Allen the last time we played him. I'd like to see him lock him down again. 
Uh, you know, like at the end of the day, Colm, like the one thing I would say about about that player, Pat Tan is, you know, it's a cliche, but it's true. The other guys get paid too. Uh, Parker just made a good play. Zappi produced a, a, a probably a pass that I'm not sure the money was thought he had in him. And it was one of those things. Even the very best Champ Bailey occasionally gave up a pass. That's just the way it goes. It doesn't mean Pazzutan is overrated or we wasted a draft pick. Or, you know, the discussion about whether or not Mika Parsons was a better pick than Sertan, you know, is not one that is is fueled by that play in the night. Like that, that's a that's a conversation you could have had at any stage over the last couple of seasons. Um, but I'd like to see him pocket Keenan Allen again because that's not an easy feat. But he's done it now. Um, and uh, I'd like to see PJ Locke continue to play well, and um, because PJ Locke is now the um, starting strong safety for the Denver Broncos, because our old friend Kareem Jackson has moved on to pastures new and old for him, because he's been picked up from waivers from the. I'm not going to tell the listeners what gestures Colin was making. <laughs> uh, he's been picked up from the waivers by the Houston Texans. So uh, Kareem may actually find himself in the playoffs. Um, made a little bit more difficult by CJ Stroud's concussion, but I think he's supposed to be back this weekend. And um, so, you know, in the words of Chief Wiggum, um, Kareem Jackson is China's problem now. So there you go. We'll see. Kareem will manage to get himself suspended for a head-to-head hit, probably in in the wild card. Um, and we'll see. Uh, but no, I, I just like to see those younger players continue to, 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 to get some some meaningful touches, Column. And I will say I felt really sorry for Mims because I think he has been a consistent shining light for the team on uh, what has been a, a, a good special teams unit this year, Column, in comparison to some of the units we've had in the past. Um, I know Will Lutz has struggled with kicks over 50, which is ironic considering he's kicking in Denver. Um, but I think the special teams has been better. Um, and I thought Mims has been a large part of that. So it was unfortunate. And it's difficult for a young player to suffer something like that. Um, but he, he bounced back. And I, I'd like to see him continue because he is one of the most dangerous returners in the NFL. Yeah, the only, and on the kicker thing, though, the only thing I would say, Stuart, is I wouldn't sign, unless the kicker is um, absolute money from over 50 consistently, I don't think you should sign kickers to long-term deals. Um, I think it's too up and up and down, um, and the fluctuation. Justin Tucker is, you know, the the exception, um, and and hey, you just have to look at the the Cowboys uh, th- this year uh, to to see that. Um, we want to thank everyone for listening in 2021. Uh, the next podcast will be uh, 2021, 2023. Um, <laughs> I got news you call, but 2023 we're still there. That's <laughs> uh, that that's uh, I don't know if that's as Freudian as you saying screenplays uh, a few minutes ago, Stuart. I think uh, we're at that time of the the year. But uh, what I we we do want to thank everyone for for listening. Uh, Stuart and I enjoy coming on to to chat. We're we're delighted that people enjoy listening to this. The next podcast will be in 2024. I am hitting the road to Minnesota. Um, and so we will have to try and figure out a, a time to record, but we will endeavor to do that. And hopefully we will be back with you uh, next week to talk about how the Broncos uh, got on against the Chargers. want to wish you all, um, you know, all the best uh, for the new year. Hope 2024 is a great year for all of us. Enjoy um, the festivities if you get to celebrate and all that remains to be said is go Broncos. Go Broncos.